Once a year, towards the winter solstice, something odd happens. People start talking about peace and goodwill. They go out of their way to give, and they make efforts to forgive. Families that haven't gotten together, get together. A different atmosphere descends upon us. It is the spirit of Christmas. There's a problem, however, with this annual spirit. It passes. We get very excited about the night before Christmas, and then we have to deal with the morning after Christmas. The spirit of Christmas tells us a lot about the, the deepest longings of the human heart, but it also says something about the incapacities of the human heart. We need something more. The spirit of Christmas needs to be superseded by the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christmas is annual. The spirit of Christ is eternal. The spirit of Christmas is sentimental. The spirit of Christ is supernatural. The spirit of Christmas is a human product. product. The spirit of Christ is divine. And so as we finally light the Christ candle tonight, we pray that the light that came into the world of darkness so many years ago will brighten your lives so that you may see the way to God. Welcome to our celebration of Christ's birth. I hope that you will that this will be a truly meaningful time for you as we turn our thoughts to Christ. May the joy of Christmas fill your hearts this night.
from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Sydney. There is a reading <clears throat> that speaks of gifts uh, to the Christ child, and in part it says, If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were, were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? I'll give him my heart. That, of course, is the most important thing uh, that we can give to our Savior, and that is what God wants most from all of us, our hearts. But one way that we demonstrate that God has our hearts is out of our generosity with our money and our possessions. And so we want to offer you the opportunity tonight to bring your gift to the Christ child. There's none too small. There's none too large. The manger is here, and it is our invitation to you to bring your gift and to lay it in the manger as your gift to God.
What did Adam say to his wife on December the 24th? It's Christmas Eve. (laughs) I'm sorry, I just saw that today. I had to share it. (laughs) Uh, It is the time for groaning laughter. It is the time for joy. It's the time for... Christmas pageants. There was a Christmas pageant presented by a class of four-year-olds, and as you can imagine, this was an event to remember. It began with three Virgin Marys marching out onto the stage, and as they stood there, of course, they were waving to their parents out into the, out in the audience. And I know that it's not every Christmas pageant that has three Virgin Marys But apparently, over the years, the school had collected three Mary costumes, and so quite naturally, the script was revised. This gave a chance for more children to be involved, and it also kept down the squabbling over who would get the starring roles. Then there were the two Josephs who walked up behind the Marys, and then... Twenty little angels came out. They were all dressed in their white robes and their huge gauze wings. And they were followed by twenty little shepherd boys dressed in their burlap sacks carrying their shepherd's staffs. But it was at this point that the problem took place. Because you see, during the dress rehearsal, the teacher had used chalk to draw circles on the floor to mark where the angels were supposed to stand and crosses to mark the spots where the shepherds were supposed to stand. However, the children had practiced with their regular clothes on. And so on the night of the pageant, the angels came walking out in their beautiful gauzed wings, and they stood right on top of their circles, but their wings were so large that they covered the crosses where the shepherds were supposed to stand. And so when the time came for the shepherds to find their places, they didn't know where to go because the angels were taking up all of their places. Well, there was one little boy who became extremely frustrated over this whole experience. And he finally spied his teacher over behind the curtains and shocked everyone when he said in a loud stage whisper, heard by everyone in the audience, because of these blankety-blank angels, I can't find the cross. (laughs) And by the way, he didn't say blankety-blank, but we're in church. You know, I wonder if that can't happen sometimes. We have these romantic elements of Christmas. The shepherds, the wise men, the angels, the star in the east. And then on top of that, we have the commercialism of Christmas. All the shopping and shopping and shopping. And they all have a tendency to obscure the important meaning of it all. And that's why I think it's healthy for us on this Christmas Eve to turn to the Gospel of John for our scripture lesson. For you see, there are no angels there and there are no shepherds. There is no star, not even a a Mary or Joseph. Instead, there is some of the most beautiful and the most theologically important language ever written. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And the Word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, but the world did not recognize Him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Did you hear that? No shepherds, no angels, no star, 
And yet here, too, we have the story of Christmas. And this story ultimately says several things to us this evening. First of all, it tells us that Christmas is not an act of humanity, but it is an act of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. And the world became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory as of a Father's only Son. Do you hear what He's saying to us here? It is saying that When we could do nothing for ourselves, God stepped in to save us. The Lord Jesus Christ left his privileged state at the right hand of the Father and came to this world because he knew the plight of human beings. And so he set in motion a plan to bring us out of our world of darkness and into the light of living in his kingdom of light. This is an act of God, not of humans. The second thing that John tells us is that God acted in the only way that God could act. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. He was in the world, and and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but he did, but his own did not receive him. Now, why did the darkness not understand him? And why did the world not receive him? Well, let's think about that for a moment. In those days, most people's perspective of God was based on such Old Testament passages as God's giving of the law on the mountain with thunder and lightning and the people being forbidden to approach under the peril of death or the occupation of the temple with the the smoke rushing throughout and or the, the prophets of Baal being destroyed or other stories about the awesome power of God. And quite honestly, though people, I am sure, respected God, I'm not so sure you could say that they loved God. The fact is that they were afraid of God. And that's not the image that God wanted. Why else do you think that every time Gabriel approached one of the characters of the Christmas drama, he had to begin with the words, Fear not! God wanted us to no longer live our lives in fear. God did not want us to fear God. And God said there is one thing on earth that people are not afraid of. And that's a little baby. So I'll go to the earth, he said. I will become a baby and they will receive me with no fear. So you see, God acted in the only way that God could have acted without overwhelming us and taking away our freedom. God became a baby and God did this to show us that we do not need to be afraid of God because God loves us. And finally, in this Christmas event, God also gave us the greatest gift that God could possibly give to us. God told us who we are. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Folks, that's who we are. We are children of God. And and when we really and truly believe that, then the meaning and the purpose of our lives are changed forever. And as children of God, you know what that makes us? That makes us brothers and sisters. And that pretty much sums up the purpose of Christmas. It is us. The love and the security of family. And that's why we are here tonight. It is because we are family. We are God's children. And today we are here to celebrate the birthday of our brother, Jesus. So we don't need to be afraid of anything. We belong to God. 
and God is with us. At this time of the year, we sometimes sing about Emmanuel. We did, did just a moment ago, which means God is with us. And indeed, God is with us during this Christmas season because Christmas time is a time for family. And we are the family of God. So Merry Christmas to you all, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Celebrate the birth of your brother Jesus and be not afraid. God is with us. Amen.
our servers can come forward for communion and prepare our table for communion. The angel told the shepherds that I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Christ has come for all of us, every single one of us. And though on this night we focus mainly on his birth, we must also recognize that he was born to die. And so we invite each of you to participate with us tonight as we remember that and as we commune with God and as we commune with one another. Beginning at the back of the church, we ask you to come forward to the front, and we will be here holding the bread, representing the body of Christ. And then if you would move to the side and dip the bread into the cup, representing the blood of Christ. Everyone is welcome at God's table. We are all family here, and you are invited to partake of the bread and the cup of Christ. Oh, come, let us adore him.
candle a few moments ago commemorating and celebrating the coming of Christ at Christmas time. And it is significant that we represent the advent of Christ through the lighting of a candle because John tells us that in Christ was life and that life was the light of mankind. So you see, we who have placed our faith in this child, this God-man, we have ourselves become children of God and recipients of God's light. But we are not to keep the light of Christ to ourselves. Jesus said, who takes the light and hides it under a bushel basket? That makes no sense. Nor does it make sense for us to relish in the light of Christ in this celebration like this and not take it out into the open. And so we are going to symbolically do something now to represent something that I hope that we do every single day of our lives. We are going to take the light that God has given to us through the Christ child and carry it out into the world. I will light my candle from the Christ candle representing the light that Jesus has brought to us. And that small flame will be multiplied as it is passed from person to person from row to row. And as we leave this place tonight, I hope that each of us will take the light of Christ with us into a world that does not understand.
Please pray with me. May you exalt the joy of the Christ child whose birth we celebrate this night. May you find the peace that you are looking for. And may the Prince of Peace always rule in your life. May the love of God be with you always. And may each of us, each of you be filled with the light of Christ, showing you the way to salvation, that you may know that light and share that light through your words, your deeds, your love. Amen. Merry Christmas, everyone. Go with God.